0: We're talking about darkness. And there's many times in our life where I'm sure we've experienced it being dark. But just just to kind of humor me here, uh, and I think I think we got Robert in the back. Can we get Alexa to turn off the lights? So Alexa, turn off house lights. Always wanted to say that in church. Alexa. Hold on a second. Before we do that, take this in for a moment, because I know we have this light here, and you can still see, but just think about physically how it is when you're in a dark room. I was doing a terrible job this morning trying to get ready for church, bumbling around, knocking off keys, uh, you know, trying to find everything that I needed to get ready, and I'm sure I kept my wife up quite a bit today. But, you know, that's sometimes what happens in the dark. We feel powerless. We, we, our surroundings are unsure. We feel a little... Uh, disengaged because we don't know what to expect we don't know what's out there we got to fill our way in the dark and so Alexa can you bring her Robert can you bring the lights back up but the fact is as our eyes adjust to the light we, we can see more and then we can see greater detail in the dark all those details are kind of muffled and we don't see them clearly but when we approach the light then we can see greater detail right And so when the Bible talks about many times throughout scripture talks about this concept of light and darkness And so today we're going to talk about the darkness more, but I want us to think about the light as well And so what we're going to look at is first we're going to look at Job And then we're going to look at John and then we're going to look at Ephesians So if you want to kind of get ready for those times that we go through those But first we're going to go to Job, then we're going to go to the Gospel of John And then we'll go to Ephesians but the first one here we go in Job, I'll let you have a second to get there. And verse 13 is where we're going to be at in chapter 24. So Job chapter 24, verse 13 is where we're going to start. It says here in verse 13, those, There are those who rebel against the light, who do not know its ways or stay in its path. When daylight is gone, the murderer rises up, kills the poor and the needy. And in the night steals forth like a thief. The eye of the adulterer watches for the dusk. He thinks, no eye will see me. And he keeps his face concealed. In the dark, thieves break into a house. But by day, they shut themselves in. They want nothing to do with the light. For all of them, midnight is their morning. They make friends with the terrors of darkness. And so we see this thing called the absence of light that we can just do whatever we want in the darkness. And we live a lie. We live in secret. We do things that are not concealed and in front of people because we want to keep this thing in our hearts and our lives that we feel like we need or we feel like we want and it's a desire we have and it's a sinful thing that we keep secret in us. And it rules us. And as we can look at that and think, well, I'm not a murderer, or I'm not a thief, or I'm not an adulteress. But Jesus says, right, if we think it inside our heart, there we have committed the act. When we lust, when we have hatred in our hearts, when we covered our neighbor's things, we've done these things. And so what we need to recognize is that we need God's light because we should not stay in a darkness. Sin is that darkened place that we live in. Where we don't want it to be exposed because we don't want people to see what we're really like or what's inside of us our dark heart but yet when we come to the light god reveals the darkness in us and then we can do something with it we can change it god can change it in us by his power by his holy presence being a part of our life and as like me i'm sure like like you that we as i've grown god exposes more areas of my life That I need to improve in or I need to grow as I study his word as I continue to grow in my faith I realize that I'm not where I need to be that I need to be closer to him and let him expose places in my life that that need to be taken care of that I need to get out of me and let him do something with in John chapter 3 a lot of times we think of John 3:16, which is great, but there's so many greater verses in John 3:16. I mean, they're all good, but I want to say that let's just look at this John 3, verse 18 and 19, starting with, "Whoever believes in me is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son." This is the verdict light has come into the world but people loved darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil see one of the things that we need to understand is that we all as people love the darkness we kind of want to be in the dark If you remember Adam and Eve's first sin when they sinned against God, they hid from God because they they didn't know what to do with the state that they were in. They were afraid. It wasn't that God had changed, they had changed because they had sinned against God. And they were afraid. They had fear in their hearts because they knew that there was something wrong within them. They knew that there was darkness in them. And they were embarrassed and they were afraid. See, all of us kind of crave the darkness because we don't want to, we don't want anybody to receive what we've done. We want to keep it a secret. And this is the other danger that Satan traps us in is that when we commit one sin, it is so much easier to commit the next one and the next one and the next one. And before we know it, we're led way off the path of where God has for us. I remember and I've shared that story before where I've done things in my life that I've done wrong and I've done the act and then I take a lie and I lie about it and I lie and I lie and I lie and I do something else. And it takes me way off the course of where God wants me to be. It leads to a dark road of destruction in my life and I keep secrets. What I need to do is come to the light and let God reveal Himself in me. But the, we love the darkness because we don't want to be exposed. We don't want to be shown. We don't want to be revealed. We don't want God to change us. We are happy with our sin, we're happy with the way we're living. And we don't want God to come in and expose us and make us change and do something different. We love the darkness verse 20 here it says everyone who does evil and hates the light and will not will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed but whoever lives by truth comes into the light so that it may be seen, seen plainly that they have done what they have done has been done in the sight of God and so part I really want to highlight there is that truth when we come into the light truth comes into light when we're honest when we take and say God I am messed up I am unclean I'm dirty I'm a mess there's things in my life that I've been trying to keep from you or keep from my my spouse or trying to keep from this person and I'm trying to live this secret life inside of me but I need to come clean and say God these are the things in my heart these are the things in my life I wanted you to take every aspect of my life not just a part of me all of me and examine me thoroughly so I can be standing in front of your light Your truth and be open to what you have to say so we have to come into the light we have to be honest before God we have to say God here I am when we became Christians we didn't just say that hey I'm gonna take part of my life no we when we accept Christ as a personal Savior you're saying you're dying out to Jesus and that you're living for him the baptism that we take and we do as a witness is a demonstration of our outwardly showing of what we have done inside To say that we're dead, and now we're raised up again in Christ. So truth is important. We need to be honest with God, honest with ourselves, realizing that we need to be exposed. We need to let the light shine in our life to remove the darkness that's there, to be changed, to be different. Now let's move to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 says here it says but among you there must be not even a hint of sexual morality or any kind of impurity of greed because these are improper for god's holy people nor should there be uh, obscenity foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place but rather thanksgiving one of the things i i want to share and i it's really kind of just been a, a burden on me the past few days of finding out that one of my people that I look to in apologetics, there's been things that have come out that that he was sexually immoral. And that really troubles me, and it makes me sad. Because if you know, you you probably heard the story of, of Ravi Zacharias. He did a lot of great things sharing the gospel at different campuses, talking about answering questions that students have. And there was just all kinds of different things. And these are really good things that are on YouTube still that you can check out. But it's just so sad that here's somebody that did such a great and made such a great difference for Christ, had a dark secret that was in his life. And it should be a warning to all of us to make sure that we don't let the darkness be there inside of us, that we should come to the light of Christ and let him have every part of us not to try to keep secrets. I love it how it says, not even a hint, not even a little tad bit of sexual immorality. And here we live in a world, and we, we can talk about this. And I don't wanna make it the main subject of our message, but in our society, we lift up sexuality. Is this the most important thing? We lift it up and say, this is who you are, when that's not all of you. You are so much more than that. Yet we wanna make sexuality the most important thing about you. That's not who you are. That's not all of you. You are so much more than your sex. And yet that is the thing that's being glorified, raised up as the most important thing about you as a person that has been created by God. So many times in our life, we allow these little secret places for darkness to reign in our lives. Just like we look at King David, we look at other people, and there's times where we allow sin to take over, and it's not a good thing. And just like Zachari- you know, uh, Ravi Zacharias, which I still respect him tremendously, but I'm still heartbroken at this, to allow sin to come into his life, to hike a place where it would destroy the ministry that he's established and be praying for his daughter who's leading his ministry now, that she has to take care of these situations that he left behind because there was a place in his heart that was dark. Let us not live that way. Let us live in truth. Let us live in a way that we let God see every part of our hearts and our lives to examine us and be honest before him. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an adulterer, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, or kingdom of Christ and of God. So I, 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 there's three words out of these you know, three or four verses that I've read here that, that stick out three times. One is morals or immoral. Ne- next one is impure. And the next one, the last one is greed. Don't you like my little drawing there? I made a little cross on each one of those. The cross is kind of leaning. but I'm not an artist, but I'm kind of proud of myself. Just kidding. But anyhow, what I thought about this, what is the opposite of these things? And it's having morals. It's having a standard to live. You know, that, that's the biggest thing that we want to, we see in our world today, is that we want to get rid of all of our morals, all of our values. What's right? What's wrong? We have to have a standard to live. We have to have a way to know what is right and what is wrong. And don't expect that to come from mankind because mankind will do whatever whatever he wants to do. We need to look to a higher authority to see where the standard should be. And we should not be living as immoral people. We should have morals and values. And we should look to God and the Ten Commandments and his word and what Jesus teaches us. And follow those as our moral standard, our moral compass. Don't depend on mankind to set the rules. Mankind will come left and right in whichever direction and it will blow like the wind, whatever's better for the day for them. But look to your God. Don't make excuses of not following a standard, follow God's standard, follow God's law when purity so what separates that it's impurity that we need we need to be pure right we need to be pure and what i I love about impurity and looking up the definition there is it says that it's foreign objects when you're in purity you have foreign objects that were never intended to be there these are things that are in your life that were never supposed to be you were never supposed to have to deal with these things but you've allowed them creep into your life and now they've taken a hold of you and they're not supposed to be a part of your life anymore and what we need is God to send his son to die on a cross, to shed his blood, to free us of this impurity. To take this impurity away from these foreign objects called sin out of our life. We need to be pure. And I can't do that on my own. i got to have Jesus. I've got to have Christ in me. I gotta have his atoning blood, that when I mess up, when I sin, I can't cleanse myself. I gotta to come to him and say, God, forgive me, wash me, clean me up. And then talking about selfishness, you know, being selfish to be greed. The opposite of greed is to be selfless, to be thinking of yourself less, to think about not you, but, but God. And isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that what it is about? Because that's a struggle really with mankind, right? It's us being our own God. It's us saying, I can make the decisions I want to make. I, I deserve this, I deserve this. I, I, I deserve this time, I deserve this moment, I deserve this property, I deserve this thing that I, I desperately want for me. And we become our own gods. When God is God. When God is the one that we need to look to, when God is the one we need to seek, when God is the one we should be headed towards, because he's God, not me. And yet we can be so greedy, we want things for ourselves, we want us to be taken care of, we want to look out for our interest. Don't be greedy. God is a God of blessing, God is a God of, of, of helps. Not that you have every desire you want, but I tell you what, God has always outdone me. The things that I thought I wanted, God showed me that there's things that are better that I could have, that he would give me if I would just trust him, wait upon him, seek him, live for him. So many times we are greedy, we just want and want and want, and we become our own God. We serve us rather than us serving him. Ephesians verse six in chapter five. Let us let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath has come on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not pattern yourselves, uh, uh, partner yourselves with them. Empty words. I think about this: that so many of the people that that try to lead you astray, Satan, tries to lead you. Say it's empty words. It's never going to last. It's never going to be good enough. It's never going to satisfy you. All these things that we feel like we want to pursue, that we want to go after, and, and it's going to be so much better if I go do this thing, and it's going to give me the things that I, my heart desires, and it's going to give me so much pleasure and so much enjoyment. Those are empty words. All these things that you think that this life is about and that you should pursue, don't listen to all the infomercials. Don't listen to all the commercials that this world has to offer. Make sure you're looking to a God who has substance with him, who has more value to him. A lot of the things that we are being told by the world, by Satan, by others, is just empty words. That's not what's important. Be careful who you listen to because sometimes they're just talking. There's nothing there to give you but just sorrow, pain, and death. Ephesians chapter eight, verse ten through ten. For you once were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live As children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. So, Jesus, through Paul, is teaching us how to live our lives, that we should live it with goodness, righteousness, and truth. These are the things that we should be seeking after. And we should do things seeking after God to say, God, what pleases you? How can we be a blessing to you? How can we honor your name? How can we glorify you, God? How can I bring glory to you? Verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the detestable, disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Love this part where it talks about illuminated becomes light. I don't know about you, but when I accepted Christ as my Savior, it was illumination for me. It was something that God just revealed himself to me in a way that I just knew that there was something different about me. And God changed my life. And being a Christian, we're called to be this light. We're called to to shine for Christ. We're called to, to set ourselves apart from the world and what the world does and so that people can see the distinction in us, that they can see Christ in us. So as I get closer to Jesus, hopefully I can be seen more, not for who I am, but for who he is. That I'm a reflection of him. That people will see that it's not Eric, it is God working through Eric. And God is doing mighty things because he is God and not Eric. Or not you. This leads me into... Talking about our mission statement as a church Many of you know our mission statement We, we share it every once in a while But I want to share it today And, and just make a challenge for all of us to, to fulfill this mission statement It's just a statement But I think there's a lot of power in this statement I think that if we lived up to these things We could really change the world We could change our community We could do greater things for God The first one is love so we said, love, lead, life, but let's focus on love. And this brings me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And so this makes me think about the people that are out there in the world. The people that are in darkness and stay in darkness. See, there's, I believe there's two different kinds of groups out there. One that is so on what they're focused on and what they're after that they can't see or care about the light. They don't wanna have anything to do with God's light. They don't wanna have anything to do with truth. They just wanna consume, consume, consume. And it makes me think about a story. I used to share it with youth and I'll share it with you now. There's a wolf, how they kill a wolf in Alaska is they dangle, they take a knife and they take it and dip it in blood and they freeze it and they dip it in blood and freeze it. And they do this several times to create a layer of blood and ice and then they hang it from a limb. And so they have it on this limb, and a wolf come by, smells the blood, and starts licking the knife. Well, what happens is, as it's cutting through, or going through, or melting away those layers, it starts cutting its own mouth and tongue, and drinks its own blood. But it doesn't stop, it keeps going, because it just tastes blood, and it thinks it's getting something. How many of us? How many out there in the world are just craving and, craving and craving and craving and craving and craving and will never fill them up and they will kill themselves and destroy themselves under the weight of their sin. But Yet there's this other group. This other group in the darkness realizes that something's wrong. They're not happy. They understand that there is something wrong in their life and they, they don't feel like they deserve mercy. They don't feel like they deserve grace. They don't feel like they deserve anything. And they need to be found see as a church here at a local body we're called to love we're called to love God and we're called to love others we need to show love we need to be the demonstration of love for either group and we need to show it to both groups because we don't know which one is which and we need to show them love so that they can respond and have a chance to see and be able to be enlightened and and embraced by Jesus Christ and so we need to love people. We need to care for them. We need to help them. And so the question we need to ask us as ministries, as a church as a whole, as an individual, how am I or how are we showing love to others? How is love being a part of what we do as far as, you know, the praise band, as far as, you know, the ministries of the church, as far as Kids Connections, of Youth Ministry, of Upwards, of, of Stephen's Ministry? How is love being shown to our people? How is God's love being demonstrated in all of us and so the next one is lead first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 4 but you brothers and sisters are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief you are all the children of light and children of the day we do not belong to the night or in, to the darkness so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awoke or awake and somber. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of the salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but re- to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in fact as you are doing. One of the biggest things I I think about through these situations is I think about our nation. I think about what we've been through, and I think my heart just aches because I see a lot of decisions being made that I'm concerned with I see I see sometimes as like in the New Testament where you had the religious right that kind of gets caught up in certain things and then you have the left that that gives totally against everything and there's anarchy my heart breaks but what we need is truth we need Christ we need God And we should be the leaders And I think about Paul and I think about his ministry and I think about the other disciples and Apostles and everything they went through and I've had some rough times in my life I've had trials and some tribulations but I haven't had to go through some of the things that they've been through and I think we're so blessed here when we have to suffer like Paul had to suffer with the shipwreck with the being stoned with having all these things that have been done to him and being in prison being whipped like he was And yet we can be so torn up, and it can leave us feeling powerless. It can leave us feeling like, well, what can I do? What I want to challenge us with is that we can lead. We can be the ones that set the tone. We can be the ones that lead the direction. We can rise up a new generation. Sometimes we're so fixated on the present, we're not even thinking about what could be the future. How can we lead people into a future of knowing Christ and lead them in a direction of knowing how to live. Maybe we can prepare the next generation of being the right kind of followers that no matter how dark the world may be, they can take a stand for Jesus Christ and be a representation of Christ so that all can see who who Christ is and who God is. Maybe we can develop people here to send out, to go, and be the name that represents Jesus be the light The question is how are we leading people how are we taking people and helping them grow in their faith and helping them to be disciples we can complain about the the generation now but what about the generation next what are we doing to equip them so they'll be better prepared to take a stand better than us That's what we need to ask ourselves. How can we lead people? How can we, are we showing leadership in what we do? And then life. Acts chapter 26, verse 16, it says this. And this is Jesus speaking to Paul on the day of his conversion. And you think about this that that Paul just saw Stephen, uh, probably, we don't know the timeline, but at some point, Paul saw Stephen being stoned, standing up for Jesus. Taking a stand. He was holding the coats of everybody that was stoning Stephen. And on the road to Damascus, Jesus appears to him and says, Why are you persecuting me, Paul? And he's blinded. And then Jesus says this to Paul He says, But rise and stand up on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. "...to appoint to you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me." The last part of our mission statement is life, to see a life change happening in people's lives through Jesus Christ. We have to share the gospel. We have to tell people about Jesus. We have to not be afraid to talk about what Jesus has done in our hearts or our lives. Don't be afraid of what Jesus is about. And we have to conclude this in everything we do because we never know, you never know who you're ministering to and you never know who needs to hear the gospel message. We need to decide in our hearts and our lives to make this a priority because the gospel needs to be shared. It needs to be out there as Paul is being challenged and told, hey, I want you to go spread those that are dark, those that don't know me. I want you to be the light so they can see, so they can go from darkness to light. We are called to share this message. We have been commissioned, Jesus commissioned the disciples to go and do likewise with us. And we are supposed to in turn go and share this good news of what Christ has done for us and share it. And so many times we are so afraid of this. We're, we're scared to share our faith. We're scared to share about what Jesus has done for it, but he's worth it. He's worth it to be persecuted for. He's worth it to take a stand for because it's truth. And it's worth it because we're changing lives. And it's about life. It's about eternal life. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. As we talk about these things, as we look back at our logo and and just think about this, as you think about the logo, ask yourself those questions Am I loving people? Do people know that I care about them? Do they know that I want to be there for them? I want to help them. I think this is a loving church, but let's continue in that. Let's continue to show love. And then are we leading? Are we setting the example? Are we setting the tone? Are we setting the direction? We can make a difference. You have influence. And then is the gospel being presented? Are we introducing people to life? because they need life, they need hope, they need God's presence in their life. Well, don't panic, but I'm doing pretty good on time. But why I say that is this, I think I'm done. The question is, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I don't want to be in dark. I want to come to the light and I want to let the light take anything that's in here and and just allow the light of Christ to come in to just have domain. I want him to just take out all the dark areas of my life and that I can be free, free to represent him, free to live for him. I don't want sin to control me I don't want to live in the dark I want to live in the light and I think all of us do don't let Satan win don't let him have power over you be free live by the standard live by your morals live by the fact of knowing that God can purify you and make you whole he can remove all the foreign objects. And then lastly, don't be greedy. Be selfless. God is God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everything you do. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning and just continue to help us grow in you. I thank you so much that you've taken me out of the dark place of my life. And Lord, I, I pray this, and I think all of us should pray this that Lord, if there's anything in my life that needs to be exposed, I pray that your light would shine, that you would remove all the dark areas of me that I could live for you. I ask that you would just help us, Lord, to to be more like you. Thank you for the love that you show us and how much you care for us. Continue to guide and direct us and protect us. I pray this morning here that if there's anybody here that needs your touch, that maybe they know that they have secrets or dark places in their own life that they'd come to you and say lord forgive me lord you're a loving and merciful god and you've forgiven me thousands of times lord i know you can forgive anybody that wants it anybody that desires you and wants to live for you that they can find freedom in you continue to help us to live out our mission statement to love and to lead and to talk about this life that only can be found in you. In your wonderful, precious name, I pray, Jesus. Amen.